See, the first time I asked you about this, it was kind of like for entertainment's sake. Mm-hmm. But I want you to, I guess, speak on it again because a lot of the time we don't realize um, about the reality like you, you were saying about the spiritual warfare, right? And we kind of just, I don't know, you like live in this world and, or at least this Western world and you get so stuck in the physical and all, you know, like the science of it and if I can see it, it's real mm-hmm. and if I can't see it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I have an understanding that you, you, there are a lot of tangible moments where you, you really did see stuff in Nepal and if you feel comfortable, you don't have to, if you want to, you know, <laughs> you could share a few of those moments. Yeah, so, um, uh, there's a few, yeah. Um, I think the first thing that really shook me up a bit was um i think this was my second or third day in nepal um the way houses are set up because it's so mountainous and there's a bunch of hills the houses are not very wide but they're very high so um on one floor you'll get the kitchen on another floor you'll get the bathroom and on another floor you'll get the room um so we had the house we were staying at um we had all the girls on the first floor and then you had to go to the um second or third floor to go to the bathroom and they had a balcony section so right beside uh, the bathroom door you had a bit of a balcony that um there's a gate that you close but even at night it's not like fully shut it's not a full solid door it's a gate so you can look through it you can see the rest of the houses the rest of the um the hills and the neighbors and things like that um so we were going to the bathroom in pairs because most of the girls were too scared to go by themselves Mm -hmm. and um so i was standing outside of the door and i was just you know just praying and just you know humming it was late we finished working with the kids and so um i was just waiting for my bathroom (laughs) partner to finish showering or whatever it was and um i remember seeing um with my eyes open i wasn't dreaming (laughs) um it was i don't even know how to describe it it was like this like wolf like creature but it looked like a bear but then it looked like a person like it was it was some like weird hybrid but um it was scaling the building right in front of the house that we were in you said scaling like crawling up it was crawling up and it was walking along the borders of the house. So again, all houses have balconies on them. Um, they're high houses, so they have like three or four floors. Um, and it's just walking and prowling along the borders of the house. So the the outside of it, as if it's like guarding it, right? And it's and it's and it's doing this first house, and then you see it jump onto the next house, and it's walking as if it's literally patrolling. That's that's what it looks like. Um, and. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know what to think at the moment because I just. I, I'm pretty like sure that I just started shaking, and the only thing I could do was just close my eyes and just pray. And I was like, Jesus, like, what is this? Keep me safe. Like, I'm scared. I don't know if I just scared myself into seeing something. But I'd open my eyes and I'd continue to see it. So it wasn't one of those things where it's like you're in your kitchen and you just like imagine something staring at you. But it was in front of me, and uh, and I just continued praying because I didn't know what else to do. And I was kind of like, this girl needs to hurry up out of the shower. <laughs> Um, and I, uh, I just continued closing my eyes and it went away, but I physically saw that with my eyes open. It wasn't something that I had imagined. And so I ignored it because I thought, man, this jet lag and this heat's really getting to me. Like, I just need to take a nap. And I didn't tell anybody about it. Um, I continued. Um, and then it wasn't until a few days later, we were just talking about, um, the girl. So there were seven of us staying in the same house and we decided that we were going to pray because, um, it seemed like we all kept arguing with each other. And so we decided that before we start the day, we were just going to pray. And after we finished praying, one of my team members, she decided to share. She said, guys, I know this is kind of creepy, but um, the other day I noticed 
this creature walking on the buildings and I kind of froze because um, you kind of disassociate when you, you experience yeah. weird things. You kind of put it to the back of your head you and you it's totally, like one of those Bushman kind of stuff. Yeah, and you think, you're thinking, oh man, I was probably dreaming or something like that. And she said it and I, I kind of froze and she described it exactly how I saw it and this was after and I didn't tell anyone so I was like, okay, this is this is weird but that was the first few days I didn't take it too seriously. Um, and then another experience was um, the second day at church, actually. So they have church on Saturdays mm-hmm. and not on Sundays. And so um, this was our first time there and we were in their church. They were very happy for us to be there. So they gave us, usually um, they all sit on the floor in their church, but um, they gave us chairs to sit at the back. So we were at the back of the congregation. There was people sitting and standing in front of us. And there was a little stage where the pastor was. Um, and, you know, they started doing prayers. So we all stood up and we were praying. Um, and I had my eyes closed and I, I noticed a woman come into the, the church and she Wait, had, you had your eyes closed. I or? had my eyes closed and I saw a woman come into the church um, and she had a, um, she was wearing a sari. So it's a traditional clothing and it, it was over her head, um, which is typical. They do that. Women cover their head there when they're in their church. Um, temples, same sort of concept. Um, and she had her head covered, but she was wearing uh, black, which is very odd for South Asian culture because um, black is a color that you would typically never wear to a religious event. Um, the only place you'd really wear that is um, funerals and even funerals Hindus typically wear white mm-hmm. um, so it was very odd and and so I noticed her walk in with my eyes closed and so I thought oh man my, I'm dreaming again and I opened my eyes and I see the same woman um, but this was real life real time right in front of me and as I'm looking at her she's walking in between the rows of people and she's touching each single person on their shoulder or on their head and first I was like who is this lady like this is kind of weird. Maybe this is like the pastors or whatever. Maybe it's another pastor or something praying for people. But the way the, the manner it was was very eerie and I was feeling very unsettled. Um, again, super weird because I never really believed in this stuff. Um, but as I was continuing looking at her she she was going in between the crowds but I couldn't see her face her face was covered with right. the part of the sari over her head um, and so my initial instinct was just start praying and so I started praying and I started um, praying against different spirits and different forces so you know against idolatry and um, adultery and sin and addiction and um, anger and as I was praying I noticed she was starting to walk a little faster and she wasn't touching everybody but she was trying to get mm-hmm. as many people as she could get and I just continued praying and I think at that point it kind of clicked like this is this is not a person um, this is something else and and so I became very aggressive with um, my prayer um, I started rebuking um, everything <laughs> and everything uh, honestly I can't even describe uh, where I got the zeal to do that. I was just praying um, never prayed like that in my life before and before I could say anything she she basically ran out yeah um, but I still didn't see her face and this was over a span of maybe like a minute or a minute and a half but it seemed like it was like half an hour because I'm praying and it's becoming so intense but I'm seeing her moving faster and faster and she's starting to you know fumble and starting to not touch as many people and and, and, and then at some point I saw her leave um, and I, I'm staring into the open and I'm looking at my team members like did you guys see anything? Did you guys notice anything? And they're all, they all had their eyes closed and they were just praying um, and I realized that was a spirit of idolatry and um, I noticed a female again. We were in the village um, 
dancing and it was in a very ritualistic manner. She was wearing full red and uh, it wasn't until after I was told that a lot of women are trafficked there and a lot of women are taken to Pakistan and to Bangladesh from their um, poor women that don't have money right. are taken and sold. So um, it was the spirit of ad- adultery. Um, this like lustful um, sort of spirit is what I saw and just so many different experiences that <laughs> uh, aren't coming to mind right now but I, I, I specifically remember those and it was so real because uh, it wasn't a dream it wasn't a vision it was something that I experienced firsthand and it was something that I saw with my eyes open and um, as I would go back and read the Bible God would reveal these things in Isaiah um, these different um, dark forces that mm-hmm. um, work over people and work over man that I really wouldn't have ever believed if it wasn't for those experiences. And I don't truly um, understand how I survived those moments because right. I think about it now and I kind of freak out because I'm like, that is major scary. Um, the most powerful experience, I'm sorry, I keep ranting, <laughs> is um, I think it was the close to the end of the first week and I, I woke up super early. The jet lag was still killing me. So I, I woke up, I think, around five o'clock and I thought, let me go have devotion upstairs. Um, the house that we were staying in had a rooftop that you could sit on. So I thought, let me just go up there, take my Bible, my phone, put some music, uh, worship music on and just spend right. some time with God. And um, first it was very light, you know, I was reading the Bible, I prayed, um, just enjoying the beautiful view um, and just being still. And uh, as I was just worshiping God, um, I noticed a crow come sit, perch on the the rooftop. And, you know, you don't think anything of it. It's just a bird. It's kind of like how we have pigeons Mm -hmm. here. They have crows everywhere. Um, And I thought, oh, whatever. And I was praying and I felt this urge or this push that kind of said, you need to start praying for this country. Um, And so I I started praying. And just as I started praying, I noticed more and more and more crows perch onto the rooftop. And I looked around and they're all cawing. And and they're all listening and they're all there. And that was really freaky because it was so, it was straight out of a horror movie. Like I thought, what in the world is going on? Like talking like uh, a flock so big that the sky turns black or like? Pretty, that's what it felt like because they were all sitting around me like on the rooftop. They weren't sitting like right beside me, but I'm, I'm kind of sitting right in the middle of the rooftop and the house is square or rectangular and they're all on the border of the house. And I'm like, what in the world? And the only thing I could do is just shut my eyes and start praying. And I, and I think it was at some point I was praying out loud because I yeah. couldn't even hold it in because it became very intense. Um, and so I started rebuking these spirits and um, almost felt like the devil's stronghold on this country was so prominent that everything that you would say in the name of Jesus, there would be these spirits and these creatures hearing it and they would be watching everything that you do, every move that you make to further the kingdom. Somehow it felt like it was being pushed back. And so really praying against those things was like out of my comfort and my ability because again, I didn't believe in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was continuous, just prayer. And at the end, I mean, at some point they did fly away and the, the one of them, I don't know if it's the first one that I saw, but one of them was still on the neighbor's house, but it wasn't on this roof. Um, and I was praying for this house in particular I was praying for the family um, because they weren't saved. Um, and I was praying for God's protection and I was praying that he would cover them in his blood. And and then at the end, I noticed that they, weren't, they were no longer there. However, it was still perched on the next 
So it seemed like a small victory, but there was so much more to be done because mm-hmm. it was still there. Um, and I believe it was Isaiah 64 that God revealed is that um, his wrath and his anger was strong um, because they had so many pagans, because they put so much before him and they couldn't see his love for them. But um, at the end of the chapter, he does say, I will still rebuild this country and I will still give them hope. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I think that was very touching because... At some point, I was like, wow, they're doomed. I'm doomed. Everybody's doomed. But um, that's not what God says. So that was one of the craziest experiences I've ever had in my life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't know. Like, if I were you, if all those scrolls came in, I wouldn't even probably close my eyes to pray. I'd yeah. be, but you know, the Bible does say that fear is not from God, right? Yeah. The something that strikes me, you know, with all these yeah. horror movies. Yeah. Uh, the one that got me thinking the most was I actually went to see that It movie. Oh, yes. And, you know, the, the creature preys on fear. Oh, yeah. And I begin to think, like, okay, wait, how does Stephen King know this? Mm-hmm. Like, where did he get this idea from? Right. You know, that you have this creature, yeah. and if fear is not from God, it's obvious where it comes from, right? Mm-hmm. The devil. And, you know, it took me a, a while to just sit down and think, like, wait, if how did this guy think of this demonic creature right. that preys on fear you know right it just got me thinking and then you know with these horror movies man i'm pretty sure some of these guys must be dabbling in something yeah it's true because um i had this sunday school teacher back in the day and um he would always tell us a micromillimeter of your mind that you give to the devil is just enough for him to work because once you let him come in or you give him this weakness or this space that's all he needs um and when you give into that it's it's very difficult to come out because it's like your mind is playing itself. Um, and a lot of it is just, it might not be tangible, it might not be really there, but in your mind it is real. And I think here in North America and like in the Western world, we might not see, you know, voodoo and things that are explicitly right in front of us, but it's internal and right. it's more of a mental or psychological battle that we all face that we don't talk about, um, but there's all these fears built in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, here, if that happened to me, I think I would have went off in a tangent, lost my mind, really. Yeah. But there it's God has a way of tuning you out of all this. And so you can really focus in on it. And he gave me so much strength because that's not mine. <laughs> Trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think about it now and sometimes I get shivers. I'm like, I can't believe I, I survived that. It's so creepy, so scary. Um, but that's just a fraction of really what's going on. And when you think about it that way, you're like, there's so much work that needs to be done there. So much prayer that needs to go into that country. Okay. Quick question before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you actually see yourself, um, you know, anytime in the future headed back to Nepal? Me personally, I, for now, I don't see it just because the opportunity is not there yet. However, um, our team has gone back twice now. Um, so it's, been awesome to be part of that team and really deliver on the promises we make to the children. Um, my mission coordinator went back in December of 2016. And last year, um, 2017, our mission team went to Indonesia. And on the way there, we stopped. they stopped in Nepal um, and saw the children, took them out. Um, it was, wasn't a very long mission trip because their objective was Indonesia, but right, right. they did stop off and see them. Um, so for me, I don't know. I would love to go see them again, uh, love to spend more time um, really working with them. Um, but I don't know 
when, <laughs> but I am definitely open to it. And I have contact with most of the kids that are older there that have social media and things like that. Okay. Um, so I do get to see them and talk to them online and have contact with the pastor as well. So um, if that's what God wants, I'd be open. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time, Atisea. It was no good problem. speaking to you. Thank you for having me.